0: Uh, so we say a big welcome to 98 not out uh, to David Gower. David, how are you?
1: Very good evening to you. Um, yes, not so bad, thank you. Who does that Shepherd Neame voiceover? It sounds dead.
0: <laughs> uh, we, we're not sure. We we thought it might have been Don Topley. It had a very sort of Don Topley twang. But Don, Don's a good friend of the show, and um, it sounded like him originally. But no, it's something Shepherd yeah. Neem kindly. Uh, they sponsor us and the local league down in Essex. So I uh... know. Uh,
1: well, no, but, and a very fine beer it is too. So I'm told. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. It, from, it, it, from my actually, no, from my old days or way back. crikey, way back in Kent, um, where there is a lot of shepherd meat. Mm. And in fact, they, there's a link between shepherd meat. As a fellow who runs it, who is a keen supporter or member of St Lawrence and Highland Court, the club just outside Canterbury, I played for for two months when I was at university.
0: I think a big one of the, the Jonathan name possibly. Bobby, is name. Bobby
1: name was it?
0: Or? One of the, yeah, it's certainly they're, they're the oldest brewery in the UK. So.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. No, well, let's just talk about beer. <laughs> why,
2: <laughs> why not? Yeah. Well, you're Hampshire these days. What's the one? Harvey's is Sussex, Ring, isn't it? Ringwood in Hampshire is the, the, the,
0: one of the big beers. <laughs> and Ringwood uh, Brewery that was bought out by, um, oh, Marston's or one of the big players.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm i more of a wine man. As I, I know, was going to say. Way. Yeah. I was going to you know, say. I'm, 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 more, I'm more the grape than the hop. Um, but uh, when our pubs are open, it is, I mean, actually, no, seriously, it makes a nice change just to go down... Um, we have a pub within quarter of a mile, um, the Wheat Chief, which has an, an normally quite a nice little range, you half a dozen different ales, and that makes a lovely change, especially actually when we have got sort of weather we got at the moment, which is, well, <laughs> sadly, reasonably good cricketing weather, but um, without the cricket.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of cricketers or former cricketers have got their own wine ranges out. So um, around these parts, Mr. Gooch. Um, Tries to plug us with his uh, with his <laughs> his wine. Um, yeah. Jimmy Anderson has got uh, got a, a label now as well, uh, and um, as I found out to my cost last summer, Mister Botham has got uh, his own wine. Um, have you tried all of those? Or no? Um, <laughs> I have
1: because of because of yeah been reasonably close to beefy for the last 40 years yeah um and in fact when he when they brought in first consignment of both the wines last year um there was sort of like a tasting case at lords and it rained all friday so we tasted the case <laughs> uh roundabouts were five o'clock onwards and they called the game <laughs> off and uh as ever as has been the story of my life the last 40 years when you drink with ian yeah. you tend to come second <laughs> so um, there is some actually know, Ian's, Ian's range is good there's um, I mean he's got some really good winemakers involved one of them is our long standing chum fellow called Jeff Merrill from Adelaide from McCarran Vale. and Jeff is acknowledged as one of the best in the country and certainly his own range of wines are premium and he's making one of the premium shirazes for Beefy which is in the sort of I don't know what it's, what it's going up, probably saw 70-80 quid a bottle and but, I mean, I, I wish wish my old chum well, because he's at least got something to do. <laughs> um, but, mind you, having, having seen him the other night, there was there was a clip on Twitter of both of them in lockdown. Oh, God. Um, they did <laughs> seem to be
0: enjoying themselves.
1: Well, they, they were. <laughs> and he's What's... looking, he's looking, how can I say, he's not looking, well, the letter S doesn't spring to mind. <laughs>
2: What was it like? You just touched on the fact there that you've uh, you've known Ian for 40 years. What mm. what what is he like? Is it, is it the same sort of relationship from the playing days to the commentary box days to yeah. to sort of off the field and,
1: and, and whatever else? What's he like? Very similar. Yeah, very similar. I mean, he's he's slowed down a little bit, uh, which is very good news for the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, he no, I mean he's uh, it's, 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 it's an extraordinary thing when you saw it, when you think how long you've actually known someone like that because we started our careers give or take a year apart in terms of England. Mm-hmm. He's his debut was seventy-seven, mine was seventy-eight. Uh, we therefore must have played for pretty much the next fifteen years, uh, most of the time, but not quite all the time together. Um, and as people like Alan Lamb would tell you, the late great Bob Willis would tell you. Um, He is great company, um, but you'd need to share him around a bit. So, (laughs) your own help, um, a sort of staggered system, a sort of roster system helps. Um, But Ian, Ian, let's face it, Ian is one of the big, huge characters of our game over the last 50 years. Um, And when I look back at some of the things he did on the field, forget off the field, but some of the things he did on the field, he was an extraordinary man to be in a dressing room with because... One of the great qualities that you cannot basically teach or coach or train is that sort of inbuilt self-confidence. And I mean, I remember once asking him on a stage at Lord's during yet another big lunch just for an (laughs) Ashley series, I said, well, have you ever had a moment's self-doubt? And he just said, no. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: Which, I mean, is the way he works. Uh, It's not true because we all have self-doubt at some stage, but... He, bless him, um, just blanks it. So if he's had a bad day, he will reset. Hmm. Um, If he's had a bad year, he'll reset. You know, it's all, it's it's a very good trick to have, actually.
0: But I think both of you, you you played with a certain panache and a certain style that, in a way, brought some of the flair back to test match cricket. But at the time of the late 70s and early 80s, with the West Indies coming through as well, test cricket had got maybe a bit dull in the 70s and, it suddenly, was a bit of flair again in Test cricket.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, it's always nice to be praised along those lines if it's true. Um, the, I mean, if you look at the eighties when there was Sky did a, a great thing last summer. So looking at cricket in the eighties, English in the eighties, and yeah. it was fun to look at. Um, but by God, it was up and down. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we, we were. I mean, the West Indies were very much the dominant side of the eighties. So I mean, I, I always say to people, if we could just persuaded them to go and play somewhere else during that decade. <laughs> it would have all been much, much better. <laughs> uh, but the, you know, so the triumphs, you know, things like in my my personal best year, the sort of the 85 Ashes, stuff like that, um, you know, those are the sort of things that as an individual you cling on to. Um, there were other notable things through that decade. And then, you know, so the various things Mike Gatting's tour of Australia 86, 87. Um, which we're going to talk about actually online tomorrow. I was going Opal. to say,
2: shall we shall we, shall we just make people aware of this? So this, this is in association yeah. with Black Opal Travel, uh, and it's online at the Lord's Taverners website. So just tell us a little bit about what you're going to be doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, in fact, we, I mean, they're both very good news for me, because Lord's Taverners are starting to keep me busy, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, Black Opal, as a travel company, obviously have issues like every travel company in the world at the moment, but they are they are um i mean they're, they're planning ahead so what we're doing in the absence of travel is these webinars so we had zach crawley um, and jason roy a couple of weeks ago with myself and gladstone you know myself and gladstone are basically both uh, sort of black opal ambassadors now uh, so we hosted that online thing with it's, it's not it's not millions of people but it's just nice to think there's someone out there and Tomorrow, we've got, because of the 86-87 tour is the the, the the subject matter, got my Gatting, Chris Broad, who got those 300s in the series, uh, Gladys, of course, myself, Merv Hughes is going to be in Melbourne.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, good. And
1: I'm, we're doing this at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so I'm thinking, you know, it's a Black Opal, Lord's Taverners thing combined, so I'm thinking that Merv at 2 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be, I mean, he's... Knowing Merv, he'll, he'll be ticking nicely, I suspect. But uh, it'll still be quite early in the night for him.
0: He's not going to have slept, is he? He's going to be a few uh, no. a few teenies <laughs> a in, very, no doubt.
1: He is a very good man. He is a very very good man, I Merv. Mean, I saw a bit of him last summer when the Ashes were on. Um, I did a sort of 20, 30 minute thing with some of his with his tour group in in Leeds actually, the, the morning of a game. And Merv is great. He's a lovely lovely character. He was a you know formidable opponent, of course, in in those days in the mid eighties. Um, but he's just a lovely man, and he, the nice thing actually we did is saw a very, very polite Q and A with these Aussies. There's about 150 Aussies in this room, all looking, all dressed in their green and gold, all very well behaved. Which of course goes against it's not the Yellow, is it? <laughs> well, <it's laughs> uh, and at the end of the day, they said we got a tip for us, and Michael Holding is our best racing tipster in the Skybox last year. So give me a couple of horses that morning, one of which romped home. And by the time we got back to the hotel that night, there was 150 Aussies all going, good on you, mate. And, you know, the horse won. We're all good. <laughs> the, um, the, the
0: series you're talking about, the 86-87 Ashes series, it, it's one of those series that's rather overlooked in terms of Ashes wins, isn't it? It's, it's kind of... England done really well, but it, it's never one of those ones that, oh, it was a golden series that people seem to go to straight away.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, the trouble is, of course, every, everyone's looking for you know, a bit of extra drama. So, for instance, sort of Botham's Ashes 81 gives you drama. Um, 2005 gives you drama and sort of, you know, iconic moments. Um, we had, a, you know, a few special moments in the 86-7 series, to say the least. And, you know, for people like Chris Broad, who made his entire reputation on that tour and played brilliantly, you know, 300s in the five test matches, you know, he will remember that for the rest of his life. And rightly so. People like, I mean, Gladys, Gladys and Smalls, five wickets uh, in the innings in melbourne in the test match that made sure so we kept the ashes uh, alongside ian uh bowled a lot better than ian to be honest that day but you know they up <laughs> wickets. um you know so all those memories you know for the people that were there it became a very very special tour um we had people we had things like I mean, elton john became a groupie because uh, he was on tour at the same time he had voice nodule problems wasn't allowed to sing for two months and well, had to speak for a couple of weeks, uh, very like Brown, like Elton. And so we had, to, we had one of the biggest rock stars in the world, the brilliant Elton John, became a, a cricket groupie, which was fabulous. And he was there in Melbourne when we won that test match. Uh, so, you know, the immaculately dressed, flamboyant Elton was in the dressing room with his England team, all in their shorts and t-shirts. And uh, at least he paid for a lot of champagne, which was very welcome.
0: He wasn't drinking any of it at that time either, was he? I think it's... Uh, Elton's
1: a very, very generous man. Uh, yes, he um, he doesn't mind seeing other people enjoying his largesse. No, it was, it was lovely to have him. It, it, that sort of thing actually, uh, did, I mean, really did add a sort of rock and roll quality to that tour. Um, you know, he and B2 have been friends. But I knew Elton reasonably well, Lammy, you know, we had, there were a lot of sort of dinners out, um, a lot of lot of get-togethers, and like. Dare not use the word party as such, because that gives <laughs> the impression that you
2: know was the lack of. Mick, professional Jack, Mick Jagger was, was was a keen fan back in that way, that he still is. But um, yeah. I already yeah, remember seeing him, pictures of him with, uh, with with you guys back in the eighties.
0: Would that have been the last tour that probably didn't get the kind of coverage um, on TV and media that it does now?
1: Um, yeah, oh, I'm trying to work it out now. Um, we used to get those
2: half-hour yeah, Channel Nine highlights, didn't we?
1: It was. Yes, it was. It was just basically. That's right. It was basically those highlights. Sky roughly started. When did they start? From 1990-ish.
0: It was the West, West Indies, Indies, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. 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 West Indies was the first one they did. I think for Full coverage overseas. Yeah. So from then on, that's right. From then on, everything was fully televised, albeit you know, it might be through the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, so at least if you were an insomniac. Or an alcoholic, you had a chance of watching it all. it's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I met
2: you. <laughs> now you mentioned Lord's Taverners. Um, yeah. And I should mention that I'm in Lord's Taverner. I'm very indeed keen on these things, and uh, and uh, should stress to people that these events that get uh, if you if you wander onto the Lord's Taverners website and look at some of the events of, of, that, that are going on and that have gone on and that are planned uh, are always very very well worth attending and supporting and, uh, and and the taverners should be supported as well because they do some great work now one of the last things that the taverners did before all of this virus um, happened was a tour to south africa in february to promote table cricket and um i think you were on that tour weren't you david
1: oh yeah well it's what I, yeah i was um it, and great fun it was too it's it's as we all know cape town uh is a very very special place it was Whoever came up with the idea, we're very grateful to, because obviously trying to promote table cricket, which has been one of the staples of Lord's Taverners over the last decade or so, and it really, really has taken off so well for the disabled children that can therefore have a game of cricket with yeah. the table. Um, you know, they don't need to be able-bodied, they don't need to be out on the cricket field, the table does it. But to promote table cricket on Table Mountain
2: <laughs> was genius. Yeah.
1: And to wrap a one-week tour around it was very clever. Um, we finished up the dinner there at Kelvin Grove next to Newlands where one of our supporters basically paid for something like 20 tables um, to be uh, purchased in South Africa to get the game going there a bit. So from that point of view alone, it was very successful. Um, and it was there, really, we were there to support Lord's taverners in South Africa, uh, who are, you know, obviously not as, uh, quite as developed as, I mean, Lord's Tavern is, what, 70-odd 70 years, 75 years old now in the UK. It so is, it's yeah. uh, um, you know, it's been around for a long, long time, still doing great work. So uh, it's one of those things, I mean, I've been, when I think back, I was invited to be a Lord's Tavern around uh, about the same time I was making my test debut for England. So that's a few years ago. And, uh, you know, I've stuck with it ever since. You sort of they come and go a bit. They've had some fabulous people yeah. involved over that time. I mean, some of the absolute greats of sort of the comedy world, the acting world... Nicholas Parsons, You're, who
2: passed away recently. Oh, I
1: mean, you, you, you could go on for the next hour naming yeah. people. I mean, in reverse order, I mean, the current uh, president, Trevor McDonald. sorry, Sir Trevor MacDonald, yeah. the previous ones are Michael Parkinson. You've had the Duke of Edinburgh. Um, you know, you, you, it's a long list of very, very clever and eminent people. Um, so, I mean, they... They are a fabulous charity, and whatever they do is well worth supporting. So um, we do our bits, as they say.
2: And on that tour to South Africa, did I spot you wielding a bit of
1: willow? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> one of those things I thought... I mean, every now and again we realise that we'd never know all the answers in life. And I thought I'd got the answer right something about 25 years ago to the question, would you like your game of cricket? And the answer has been no, steadfast. <laughs> <laughs> um but, um, you yeah, know, a nice night out, a very good, very good. Uh, we had a sort of fabulous uh, barbecue, briar, as they call it there, of course, um, with one of our sponsors in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. A lovely place in Bishop's Court, you know, a bit of a garden at the back with a set of stumps and a bat and a soft. Yeah, you know, So I was mucking around there, and someone said, "We well, should play tomorrow. Um, Paul Pritchard, who captains the fabulous team, he said, come on, Lou, but I said, I'd love you to just open the batting with me. Too. You know, it's just once, you know. And come whatever it was, five o'clock the following day, uh, there I was with the pads on and all the rest of it, striding out to bat as though <laughs> it was sort of 1985 again. Um, if truth be told, yeah, I should have been given LBW first ball for none. <laughs> <laughs> then I got a nice gentle full toss, which I hit before. And then I thought, you know, I'm starting to get the hang of this again. Uh, and was almost starting to enjoy it, to be honest. Um, but... Um, you, cricket being the game it is, inside edge onto the stumps, uh, and that was that. So I went went back in pavilion the for half an hour as you, as you always do. Of course.
2: <laughs> it could have been worse. You could have been flashing outside off stump. Uh, well, I tried that as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, one question that we through last summer. So we've been doing this show coming up a year, unbelievably. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And one of the features that we did through the summer um, to local cricketers that we talked to but also to um, some of our more celebrated guests was um what's your favorite tea item um now Mike Gatting gave us a, a fantastic eulogy on the merits of Branston pickle uh, and I was just thinking with your reputation uh, rightly or wrongly as a bit of a bon viveur um what your thoughts were on tea items and the best places to have tea good heavens
1: um <laughs> well I was, I was about to say uh, um, glass of Bollinger and a bologna full of caviar but that was just a sort of <laughs> the antidote to, to Gats Branson pickle <laughs> um, actually no, that's what, what, no I suppose yeah, if, we're talking cricket teas or teas anywhere whatever you want whatever anyway you want. well I mean okay if you and the trouble is most of the time if you're in the most brilliant location because cricket teas you know even if you're at boards where there's a trolley full of sandwiches and God knows what else uh, which Gat ate most of, <laughs> um, you had to be quick, A to stop Gat getting them all, B only 20 minutes, but um, if you had a more leisurely time, and a, you know, a little bit of, you know, and a, and a, I mean, just to use the example say, of Cape Town, now that we've talked about Cape Town, if you were sitting uh, in one of the many vantage points in the Cape, looking down on a bay somewhere, and thinking, know, oh, cup of tea and all the rest of it, well, uh, you'd immediately think, actually, you know, let's swap the cup of tea for a glass of wine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you yeah, know, have a sort of a forget the forget the ham sandwich. I mean, that's just dull. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, it works. It works a treat when you need it to. But uh, um, yeah, a little bit of seafood, you know, just a few few prawns or something, whatever it might be. Say mm-hmm. uh, so the caviar blini sounds far too decadent. Um, but. That that's yeah. That that sounds much nicer. That sounds much more special than your cup of tea and uh, or Yorkshire tea and uh, and a ham sandwich. Mind <laughs> yeah. you, I do like a scone. I love a scone.
2: Oh, don't Jeffrey Archer. Um, when we asked him the question, uh, went on about scones and cheddar cheese and being down at Taunton and uh, yeah, ah, we got well, into, yes. we got into a fierce debate about um, jam first or cream first and. Uh, are you, are you a jam or cream first, man?
1: Oh, I knew you'd ask. I knew <laughs> ask. Yeah, these tricky questions, you know. Um, I am cue the suspense. Cream first. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: <coughs> I'd agree
1: with that. We're in
0: fierce agreement with first. you. Yeah. Mm. We're, in, we're in fierce agreement with you. We, we Long and hard we debated this last summer about the, <laughs> the, the, the cream or the jam first.
1: Yes, of course, the, said issues. it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the key issues of the decade debated at length.
2: Um, <laughs> right, so um, we know you're a busy man and um, we know time is precious. But before you go, let's just remind everyone and encourage people to support the taverners and this event So Is it four? Is it four o'clock? Did you say it starts?
1: Yes, uh, four o'clock online tomorrow afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as I say, it'll be Mike Gassing, Chris Broad, myself, Glasson Small, Murph Hughes. Uh It's an hour of reminiscence. We had a, we had a bit of a sort of preliminary chat today, and um, as I suppose was always going to happen with the with the people involved, we we seem to talk almost exclusively about the things that happened off the field. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there's a lot of happy, smiling memories about that. So we, we, we need to blend a bit of that, because there's some good stories from that tour. Mm-hmm. Um, blend a bit of that with some of the cricketing memories. I've been doing some research this afternoon, looking back for you know, my 100 and Chris Broad's three hundreds, And we'll probably ignore Mike Gatting's 100 at Adelaide, because that was a drawn test match at oh, the yeah. time. Um, no, it was, all, it was a great tour. And uh, we'll 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 mention Elton and we we'll and there's there was <laughs> a lot going on I can tell you. Because we had the we had the test matches, which ended up all right. We had the Commonwealth Bank Trophy, which was the one day series which we ended up winning. And we had the Perth Challenge, which we ended up winning, beating Pakistan in the final there. And we had things like the America's Cup going on uh, in oh, Perth yeah. while we were there. Harold Cardmore White Horse Challenge, I think it was. Uh, they invited us down one night. It was the usual suspects, Botham, Lamb, Gower, oh God. for a very, very hospitable evening of fine food, fine wine, and all the rest of it. Uh, which, the following day, one of the things I can tell you about Ian is he'll never, ever admit to a hangover. <laughs> but he definitely had one the following day. And while the rest of us were playing and missing and wafting outside stump and getting out for naught, he was plunging his head into ice water to recover <laughs> uh, ended up we sent him out to bat and he forgot to take his bat with
2: him <laughs> oh, oh
1: brilliant trouble well, is he then got 80 in about 60 minutes <laughs> when he the found one, the
2: bat the one and only yeah. missouri and yeah. both and
1: indeed indeed yeah
2: david thank you so much for giving us your time this evening it's been a fantastic chat um, we will put the links to this webinar on our social media after we finish the show Brilliant. tonight. Uh, and we encourage people to support it, support the Lord's Taverners, even just re- become a member and get involved and see some of the fantastic work that's done. Um, and you may even get to meet Mr Gower in the flesh if you go along to one of these things. Indeed.
1: <laughs> well, look, it's been a pleasure. Um, wish you guys well. Um, good luck in this cricketless lockdown. I <laughs> find... <laughs> things to talk about but if you can stretch out the the scones and cream thing for another year or so that'd be brilliant absolutely absolutely (laughs) david it's been a pleasure thank you so much okay thank you very much okay take care